Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On our latest show to hit the airwaves, the speculation begins on how big Avengers Infinity War can be. Just how do you like your King of Kong? And is God of War a game for the ages? All this and more as we once again delve into... The Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glass from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We do thank you for checking in back with us each and every week on the Pop Culture Cosmos and also, of course, our Friday show, the PCC Multiverse. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the man amid the legend at Humanica Media. You gotta check out all the great stuff today at humanicamedia.com. Humanica Media on YouTube, and of course, all the great shows that they have on Podbean and, of course, Apple Podcasts. It's my good friend. It's Josh Peterson. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, just uh, doing some podcast stuff. I'm thinking about God of War. Just getting ready to dive into the rest of the nights. I'm excited, man. How's it going? It's going well. I know it's going to be a busy week for us, not only with Avengers Infinity War, but also as well. I am going to be on live talking to Rob McCallum and Jay Bartlett about their upcoming project, which goes live on Kickstarter on the 24th of April. So stay tuned for that and stay tuned also as well on our social media. We'll let you know how you can speak to them live as far as with their project and all that good stuff as it becomes available, but definitely look for it on Tuesday, April 24th, when it starts on Kickstarter. We've got a great show for you today. It's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Josh is going to be talking about his thoughts on the great game that just came out on the PlayStation 4, God of War. He's already several hours into it. He's going to share a lot about what he likes and about the adventure he's currently undertaking. Also as well, Rob McCallum is back in the Cosmic Crossfire. He's going to be talking about king of kong a lot of the rumors about where it can resurface and what it can resurface as and i'm going to be sharing some thoughts on the billy mitchell controversy as well plus we were talking on the back end avengers infinity war we're going to speculate on how much money it's going to make who's going to die and some other stuff leading into it and then on the back end black panther's legacy and also what his future as far as a sequel and also his future within the Avengers and the MCU. We're going to be talking about that at the back end coming up. But first, Josh, I know you've had a great time playing God of War. Let me tell you a little something about God of War. It is the Beowulf of video games. 
it can exist as a an ancient epic and still feels amazing. This is the first time that a video game has come out to such great critical success or reviews or whatever, and I'm in a, I'm in agreement with them. I, I mean, I don't want to get into too spoilery for anyone who hasn't played it yet, because literally anything that I say regarding the story is going to spoil it. But well, I mean, a lot has already been released out to the public. It's Kratos and his son trying to bond together, him learning from Kratos as far as how to become a better warrior and how to survive out there in the wilderness and whatnot, and also at the same time trying to create a scenario where they're trying to adhere to the last wish of not only Kratos' wife, but obviously the boy's mother as well, and Kratos' son, by the way. Right, so what other God of War games have failed to do in the past is kind of create an emotional depth to Kratos. You you like Kratos, but you don't like him for the right reasons. You don't like him because, you know, he has layers or he has uh, you know, an emotional back. So yeah, his, you know, first God of War, his wife and Kate are killed or whatever, but they barely dwell on that, barely dwell on that at all. So basically what he's become known as just a guy who chops up monsters and grunts and then it, it doesn't exactly have a lot of depth to it and that you know that was fine gamers were okay with that that was just it was an uh something fun to play through but this game it's it's like the third act of coco the entire movie it's just it's an emotional roller coaster and it's it it can be like if they wanted it if they wrote it out as like a chapter book and then you know put it into a book of old epics it would feel right at home it feel right at home in there yeah, they they changed a lot of the mechanics, but it still it still feels like God of War, but it also feels like something new, and it's it's so like just interesting to see him exist in Norse mythology instead of Greek mythology, and a lot of these gods that exist in this in the realm of Midgar, they know who he is. So, and you know, basically, there's there's a, a few I won't name names, but they're hunting him through the whole game, and. You know, as soon as the game starts, it just it puts you in this weird, not weird, but like kind of beautiful forest. And it's got a lot of like emotional tension going on because you're you're finding wood for the mother's funeral pyre. And you have the son who is he's sad about the mom. You see Kratos like not sure how to grieve. But as the game goes on that, you you know, you see there's a very strained relationship between Kratos and his son Atreus. And the son had a very special bond with the mother and the son is like, he's super sad and Kratos doesn't know how to comfort the kid. And at the same time, Kratos is having a hard time mourning himself. And all through the game, you see these, these very emotional moments where like the kid is leaning out over a cliff and Kratos goes to like put his hand on the kid's back. And then he stops just short and pulls back because he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to experience these emotions and he's not sure how to process them like he cares for the kid and you can see it in moments when Atreus is like in danger he's about to get hurt he suffers from something called rage sickness and that's something he inherited from Kratos but uh he he suffers from that so anytime he gets mad you know like Kratos when he gets mad he becomes really powerful but when the kid gets mad he gets really sick and he starts coughing up blood but you see both of it though the game is like it's full of grief it's full of grief and Kratos is learning how to be a dad and the son is trying to figure out why his dad is the way he is and at the same time you're thrown into this realm of monsters this is the first time in a god of war have you played many of the other god of war games yes yes i have and obviously it comes to a point where kratos's 
in those games, it pretty much like like you said, is two dimensional, very cardboard, just very straightforward. Raw, raw, mad at the gods, just slash, slash, kill, combo, 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 and that's pretty much it. So it, there's really not any depth to him in those previous installments of the God of War series. So that's why, to me, this is a breath of fresh air because you have Kratos, a character now that was a two-dimensional cardboard-like character in the past, now all fleshed out with a lot of grief, a lot of emotion, a lot of mixed feelings, and also a lot of confusion on how best to take care of his son. Yeah, and that's one of the, you know, this game, it's it's beautiful. Like, it's beautiful visually, and it's incredibly well-written. So it, it's not your typical God of War game. It's cool as, you know, as you go through the story, you get to interact with, like, all the characters from Norse mythology. You get to see, like, Fafnir. You get to see the elves that crafted the Hammer of Thor. And you get kind of learn that, like, Odin is not the the mystical hero that you, you know, you read about in, like, comic books and stuff. He's kind of a jerk it's just it's it's cool and you like uh you know you you go into this place during the game where like the nine realms are in chaos because the the gods are just always at war with each other and odin's trying to uh basically be a benevolent god and and try to sneak into realms he doesn't belong in and stuff and it, it it's basically like how he's painted in some of the old norse tales and stuff so it's that's cool, but I, I want to talk about the mechanics for a second. So, And then also don't forget about the transitions that we talked about on our previous episode. I'd like to hear more about that as well. Like the uh, the single shot dynamic of the... Exactly, the one that we got where it's just literally almost a no-cut scenario. Yeah, there aren't any cuts, and it it works. You know, the camera kind of just follows Kratos around anytime. There are moments when like you lose control of Kratos, and he just, I guess the game takes over and has him walking into these areas and then the camera will just kind of pan and there will be characters there like these two dwarven brothers who are the blacksmiths so like they appear at different places on the map and you find out through different little missions and stuff that they have like they'd have they had a falling out with each other but they upgrade your armor you know you can you they can craft new things or you can upgrade what you have and they're always if you do favors for them they'll give you new enchantments for your weapons there's there's a lot of that but like the only time you you get out of the game camera is when you're upgrading a weapon when you press pause or when you're in the uh the blacksmith menu and trying to craft new things but other than that yeah i mean there are some moments like there are a couple of boss fights where the the screen goes white but it's not because the camera is is going into a cutscene. it's because someone did some kind of attack that involved like a flash of lightning so the screen flashes and then you know that's that's all you see for so for the most part when the cinematics happen it's flawless. It flows right into the cinematic and then the, the camera turns back again and then you have control of your character. So that's something I've never seen before. I, have, am I, has, has that been done? Do we know? Not to really any extent like that. Obviously, this is the first of its kind that without the transitions are so smooth as far as going from what we what you said, like the, uh, the cutscene scenario where there is no cuts, where it just transitions into whatever story next phase of the story there is plus also as well it's not just a linear take on just a one a to z start to end type deal there's actually like a lot of side quests to go through that are optional but also help you out in the end as well right and it's interesting because like there was a time like the cutscene came about because one there was the technology for cutscenes remember with like old final fantasy games the tech for cutscenes was a lot better than 
the actual gameplay. So you'd have, you know, when, when they needed to go into an intense moment, it it cut to a cutscene. That's kind of what made those old uh, RPGs feel so so cool, is because you kind of got a neat little video with that. But like now that the tech used for the the cinematics is almost exactly matched up with what the gameplay could look like. So you know, we talked about whether or not this game would reinvent the wheel, and I think I don't know if it's going to reinvent the wheel, but it's definitely going to set the bar high going forward. But I do want to get back into the mechanics for a minute. So you know how uh, Super Mario Odyssey, you the if you have two players, you plays the hat. I was thinking it would be really cool to have like if they had a, a patch come out, you could do co-op for this because in this game, Atreus is, is just as important of a character as Kratos is. So Atreus is, is, you know, while you're swinging the axe around, Atreus is, is shooting arrows, and you can actually upgrade Atreus's armor and his skills to help you out on your mission. And Atreus, as the game goes on, he gets access to different types of weapons, different, uh, not weapons, but different types of arrows. And you can get him to do different things like you can shoot shock arrows at enemies. And what that will do is it'll stun the enemy so you can go up and you just do your thing to him. And uh, he, he'll you get a perk where he starts choking the enemy. And when the enemy's being choked, your axe does twice the amount of damage. So a lot of people are going to look at Kratos and they'll be like, I'm just going to beef him up. What's the kid going to do? But it's just as important to beef the kid up because he does, you know, at times he does probably just as much, if not more damage than you do. So it's, it's like Gears of War. Okay. You have Marcus and Dom. It's just, Dom is just in that game. Like he, as an AI character, he's just as important as Marcus in some points because he saves you a lot. That's what this, this kid does. So it's, it's cool because not only are you trying to protect the kid, but the kid is like helping you get through these, these levels and yeah you know previous god of war games they didn't really have much of a open world area but this one is it's you know you go into this place called the the lake of the nine realms and you can you do side quests and you can unlock the different realms there are so like right now i'm heading into the uh frost giant realm and it's you know some of the realms are they're just side quests you have to do certain things to open them up and they'll give you access to like materials that you need to craft new weapons there's side quests. Some of them, they force you to go into the realms, but other times, like, you don't have to. The side quests are there if you want to, if you want to beef up your character, but they don't force you to, and you can still play through the game with minimal upgrades, but just it's it's a little more challenging, but they give you the option, and they're not obnoxious about it, and when you do choose to do them, the side quests don't take forever. Like, you have a certain role, a lot of, a lot of role-playing games, Assassin's Creed, uh, Final Fantasy games like that, you go into do these side quests, and some of them could take an hour at, at, at the longest, but this one, like, you go into it, 30 minutes tops, you're good to go. But this is the first time I've played a game, and I've actually wanted to wander off the beaten path. I want to see where this path goes. I want to see what's in this crate. I want to see what's over this this cliffside, and it's a completely like different game and i i don't it's it's amazing if you're on the fence about it don't be on the fence you need to get out there and play it so i ask you again what we talked about last week on the pcc multiverse and that is is this the game that's going to bring people back to the playstation 4 it's a weird thing about that is that I had actually talked to a couple of people who were like, yeah, I was going to go out and buy a PlayStation just so I could play God of War because everyone's talking about how great it is. And then I was just going to sell it right afterwards. So I don't know, dude. It's it's a weird thing. I think that if they have um, uh, expansions come out for the game that makes it worth like going back to, people will see that they're making an effort to put out more content. And that might help long-term investment for PlayStation 4. But 
it's kind of a curse also because right now everyone's talking about whispers and rumors of next gen consoles coming out. So that's that's tough because people are going to be thinking to themselves, hmm, why am I going to pay for this if something new is coming out in a couple of years and I just, or, you know, next year, whatever, and I can just buy that. So I, I hope so. You know, we'll see. But it's just like the Xbox has, you know, their Halo fable or whatever. It's it depends, man. Like it depends on how invested they are in in gaming because also you got to remember god of war the campaigns usually are 12 16 hours sometimes so it's like what else is sony gonna throw out there that if if they have another game come out that's as good as god of war then yeah people are gonna go out and buy it but i think e3 will kind of be the deciding factor in what the future of the playstation going forward it definitely will be and i think this game is going to see nothing but success going forward it's obviously going to be one of the 10 best video games of the year, if not a early contender or pretty much a solid favorite to get that game of the year status, which will help boost the sales even more later in the year when hopefully more DLC comes out for it. It makes it even a stronger buy and people who are on the fence, like you said, will go ahead and buy into it as far as a game that they need to play. But it, that's great news that you're enjoying it so much. You have several hours in already, and I'm expecting several hours more. So that is definitely great news indeed for everyone out there that God of War is not only a great game to play, but looks like it's going to be a great seller and also an awesome indicator for PlayStation and Sony that they can still bring out a game that's going to rock the world even this late in the PlayStation 4's development cycle. What are your thoughts on God of War? I know you've got some hours in playing it already. You need to hear your thoughts on it. Do you like it? Do you love it? Is is it something that you're really getting into? Or is it a game that didn't meet quite up to your expectations? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. We are going to have a great episode again for you. We've got Rob McCallum back in the Cosmic Crossfire. Also as well on the back end, Josh and I are going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War, our thoughts on the movie, how well it's going to do, who's going to die, all that type scenario. Plus also as well, the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe when it comes to Black Panther, how great the film was, and what Black Panther will do for the MCU going forward. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. But first, it's our good friend, Elijah Harrison, a.k.a. Plasma Z. This is Shadows of Chernobyl, and this is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm pro wrestler the Kingpin Brian Malonis. And I'm referee Mike Crockett from the wrestling podcast about nothing. I spent most of my weekends half naked in front of throngs of people at VFW halls and Elks Lodges. And I've watched. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Every week, listen to us tear down the curtain and tear down each other in the process. It's the WPAN. Nothing more, nothing less. New episodes Mondays on your favorite podcast app or on our website, thewpan.com. And we are back again with the Cosmic Crossfire. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you sticking around and, and hanging out with us here. But it wouldn't be a Cosmic Crossfire without my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend behind Rob McCallum Films. You got to check out all the great things going on today. RobMcCallumFilms.com that he has going on. All the movies that he has available that you can watch. And also all the great news on all the upcoming projects that he's working on, including Box Art, obviously the Kitty documentary, which just came out, which you can get right now on Amazon.com, and also a Kickstarter project coming out on April 24th. It's my good friend. It's Rob McCallum. What's going on, man? Same old, more like you say, another day in paradise, but here we are in the snowy paradise of Canada. Happy uh, to be back on uh, the Cosmic Crossfire, Pop Culture Cosmos, Pop Culture Multiverse. It's a good it's a good day. It's a good time. It's been a good week or so for pop culture and uh, lots to talk about. I do want to give everybody a quick thank you that's been streaming Missing Mom on Amazon for the past 30 days or so. I've had at least one person reach out every single day tell me what they thought about the film and uh said that they've rated it five stars they really appreciate me sharing the the story and the journey with them so if you haven't checked it out yet go to amazon if you got amazon prime you can stream it for free uh give it a shot and rate it five stars it helps other people discover it and just looking forward to uh, hearing other stories that people have and sharing like you said a new project with people on april 24th that should touch some heartstrings as well and really weave in some nice pop culture vernacular if you will well, I know we're talking about doing something live, both at when the Kickstarter kicks off and then also when it winds down. So we'll definitely be posting on the Pop Culture Cosmos and all the Rob McCallum Films outlets when this is going to be happening. You'll be able to talk live to Rob and Jay. We'll be able to coordinate something from there. But I also want to give a big thank you to everyone else that has been reading my review of Missing Mom on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Since late March, it has skyrocketed as far as the number of views. So obviously that is attributed to it coming out on Amazon Prime and being available and people people wanting to get a better opinion on exactly what's going on with it and if it's something that they should watch. So I truly want to thank you as well in regards to Missing Mom. I think it's a great film, and I think absolutely, if you want some deeper thoughts, check out my column there as well. That's good to hear that you get a little bit of uh, the splash over onto onto your review. I like that. It's been there for a while, but all of a sudden, like you said, when it came to Amazon Prime, people are searching for an outlet to find to see if it were interested in it or if it's something that is worth watching. And and they've been using that as a resource by leaps and bounds. So just truly appreciate everyone for doing so. But Rob, we're here to talk a lot about today about pop culture. So pray tell Rob, what's on your mind when it comes to pop culture? Here's another sequel kind of tidbit. Not really a sequel, to be honest. It's kind of like a spinoff. There's been a lot of talk recently about The King of Kong 
and Billy Mitchell. Are you up on all of this, Gerald? Unfortunately, I'm almost as up on it as Billy Mitchell is at this point in time because it, things are not going so well for the King of Kong, or at least the King of Kong, as he would tell you. Yeah, he's still standing by that he is the, the KOK, however you want to pronounce that. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff coming out, whether he is the record holder or not the record holder. He's been stripped by Guinness and Twin Galaxies at this point. And of course, King of Kong showcases the likely efforts of Steve Weeby to try to become the new King of Kong or to have the highest point game in Donkey Kong. And Billy Mitchell seems to be there seemingly at every turn. Well, now... With everything back in the news with Billy Mitchell being deemed a cheater by a lot of people and uh, a fraud, there is talk of a King of Kong musical and a King of Kong sitcom possibly coming out. The sitcom would sit in the world of arcade competitive gamers and the musical obviously would just be more of a straight adaption to the stage of the documentary, which was directed by Seth Gordon, who did Horrible Bosses and a few other films of the like. What do you think of these two ideas? When I first became King of Kong, King of Kong. I can deal with the uh, theatrical play. I cannot deal with a sitcom. From Uh, chimpanzee to chimpanzee. That's just a horrid idea as far as doing it as a simcom. Basically, it would fall flat, and I see something like that. What if it was done like Silicon Valley, like that kind of tone to it? I just don't think it would work. I, I just do not think it would work. I just do not. I don't have the trust. There's there's no trust factor when it comes to, let's say, Hollywood and Netflix or anybody else who tries to approach this. There's a trust factor I don't have with when it comes to a video game property or anything relating <laughs> to a video game property at this point in time. But as a theatrical release, you know, as far as in the theater, you know, being on something off Broadway or whatnot, I could see something done like that that could, in a quirky way, reach audiences and connect with them that maybe only the documentary could as well. I think the stage play, I don't know. That's a bit too far for me. I think a sitcom could be done right only because... I have a toe dipped in that world thanks to everything from Nintendo Quest. And I see the drama that goes on all the time. And I see the back and forth shenanigans. And it's just rife with with drama like, and storyline. So I, I could see it coming together very well, actually. But it wouldn't be about like the, the games. It would be about the personalities like any good sitcom is, right? So take away the fact that video games is involved. It's really about the people and the, and the mixing of, of personalities. But those are the same reasons for me, which I would see it work better as a theatrical play. Nah, these are musical. characters you got to come back to week after week because they're just too interesting to forget about after one night of singing and, and stomping on the stage. Just hope it works out. And if he's able to prove his innocence on whatever type of uh, unit that he actually did try to get those records on, probably the best way to do it is, hey... Train for a couple months, hardcore, and get back into it. And then go ahead, you know what? Do a live performance. Do a live stream. Prove to everybody that those records that you had were legit on whatever platform that you actually did it on. And go ahead and prove to the world that you you are as good as you say you are because he definitely talks a great game. There is a lot of talk, that is for sure. He is a eloquent speaker. He, he doesn't have a shortage on opinions, and he will tell you everything he believes. And uh, he wants his day in court, so to speak. And uh, we'll find out if he gets it. But uh, I officially really 
don't care, first of all, if he did it or not. And, uh, you know, if everybody else wants to get in, in, intertwined in, in that drama, well, then go ahead. And that just gives more fodder for any potential sitcom that uh, may be written. Or a theatrical play. There you go. But that does it for another episode of The Cosmic Crossfire with yours truly. If you have any questions for Rob on whatever we've talked about, or you have a great subject for us to talk about as well, send us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, Game Source, and Rob McCallum Films on Facebook, and also on Twitter, but you can reach Rob as well at Rob McZob. And don't forget, again, he's got a great Kickstarter project coming on April 24th. I know you're excited about this great project you and Jay Bartlett are going to be kicking off real soon. I'm very excited. I'm riddled with anxiety about it because it's if it goes, then it's going to be the next couple of years of my life. And if not, then I got to figure out what's going to happen for the next couple of years of my life. So it, a lot will happen in the next 30 days that will have uh, prolonging effects. Well, I wish you nothing but the best of success. I hope it does well. Uh, I, I hope it does well indeed. And anything we can do to help you with that hope here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, definitely just ask it. And we're definitely hoping for yeah, you as well. Very hopeful. Very hopeful indeed. Rob, as always, it's been a great pleasure having you on the Cosmic Crossfire and also a great pleasure having you a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. And we're back again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much. Appreciate you coming back and tuning into our show. Just got to let you know that our shows are being streamed seven days a week on online radio stations and that we deliver two brand new shows each and every week covering the latest in pop culture every Monday and Friday to Apple Podcasts or on over 30 different podcast networks. You just got to subscribe to any one of them on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel to get extra content or just check out the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page for our entire radio schedule and a list of those podcast networks. Josh, you got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. So, man, you got to tell me what's going on, man, with that awesome experience known as Humanica Media did a uh, Hope's Fall interview. Oh, no, we did an interview with Hope, the drummer of Hope's Fall a couple weeks back. So that is still up. You can check that out. I encourage you to do so. It's actually a very good interview if you're a fan of post-hardcore bands and especially Hope's Fall. There will be a new episode of Topic Topicocalypse coming out tonight. A new episode of Super BS coming out on Thursday. And we also had an interview with Janemann Nordhagen of Dim Bulb Games. He created uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. He uh, talked a little about about the uh, process of making the game and uh, having Sting do some voiceovers and how the game might come to Switch. So I definitely recommend checking that out. And also, uh, you can find us on the Podcast Radio Network. Uh, what time is that at, Gerald? <laughs> Lay it all on my shoulders. All right. 
The Attack of the Mannequins is each week on the Podcast Radio Network, Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, where you can also hear the Pop Culture Cosmos shows Monday nights and the PCC Multiverse on Friday evenings. The latest Topicocalypse, which is going to cover Phase 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so that's going to be some great talk as bonus material for those who download the show. Speaking of Marvel... There's this little indie film, this little artsy type deal that's coming out later this week. It's Avengers Infinity War. It is going to be absolutely huge. Tracking on the film has now put it ahead of Black Panther and is now on track to be the largest superhero movie opening of all time. They obviously moved it up a week here in the U.S. to get a better indicator of just how large that would be for all the press clippings and all the news media. So they could tell you it's the largest ever, blah, 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 blah. So now that's why they moved it up in the U S a week and matched it with the, around the rest of the world, because the rest of the world is going to show it off around this time as well. Josh, we got to start with our speculation on Avengers infinity war with, I guess the end all be all. And that's the dollar Rooney there. As far as, the money that you think is going to generate. I'm going to ask you this first. Yes or no, in the U.S. alone, will it make over $200 million in its first weekend? I think that with the current like numbers of the pre-sale tickets, I think yes. I'm inclined to say yes because it's huge. I mean, this is this is everything that they've been working towards and people are super excited about it and if you missed certain films you know you're only a fan of like a certain character so you only go to see their movies they're all coming together so this is like avengers on steroids this is avengers on steroids so i i, I want to say yes man but what are you thinking well first of all it wouldn't be the first superhero movie to go over 200 million dollars because black panther and the original avengers movie did just over that here in the u.s in its first weekend I say for it to be a total success for everybody to go ahead and say it's not a bomb, it's not a disappointment, yada, yada, yada. It does have to go over 200. So, yes, I'm going to say it will go over $200 million in the U.S. and in its first weekend. I think all signs are pointing towards that. All the tracking from Fandango and other sites are pointing towards that as far as the activity is concerned. I think it will go over $200 million in the U.S., and I think uh, for Disney and Marvel, it has to really generate that much income. Second question, worldwide, is it going to do over $500 million in its first weekend? So we're going to talk about 200 right there, but that includes China, U.K., Australia, Japan, all over. When it is all said and done, Is it going to go over $500 million in its first weekend? Because that is a trickier question. You know, I want to say yes, just because I'm super stoked about it, but I don't think so. A lot of people still don't even know that's coming out on the 27th. And that's, that's the weird thing. They didn't really do a great job of marketing that part, but yeah, I agree with you on that. I've already spoken to quite a number of individuals that do go see movies, but are not huge into the superhero films, but know of it and are, would be interested into it that don't know it's coming out actually this week. Right. Honestly, like I, I don't think it's going to hit that, you know, immediately, but it, 
it's going to do really well because it's coming out like a lot of kids now, like they get out of school like mid-May. So it's going to hit those summer months. It's just going to do consistently well. I think the the drop in box office revenue from this movie is going to be a lot slower than any of the other ones that we've ever seen. Third question I'm going to ask you in regards to the box office numbers for Avengers Infinity War. Is it going to do two bill? Two bills now. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has never had a movie that's gross that high. The last movie to really do it is The Force Awakens. So I'm going to ask you again. Is, when it's all said and done, is Marvel Avengers Infinity War going to generate over $2 billion at the worldwide box office? You know, I don't want to end up eating my shoe on this one. I, I don't know, man. I, I want to say yes. But again, this is this is tough because it has the potential to do it. And... I think that it's going to do it, but I don't know if it's going to do it. <laughs> I would hope so. I really hope so because, you know, this is, uh, I'm kind of more hyped about this than I am about the return of Star Wars. So we'll see, man. What do you think? That is a tough question to answer indeed, but I asked it, so I got to go ahead and answer it as well. I would probably say no. I think it's going to get. Even with the best reviews, a high 1.7, maybe even a 1.8 billion. But to go over $2 billion, that's asking a lot. That means, first of all, it has to generate $500 million more than the highest grossing Marvel movie, which is the original Avengers movie, which garnered just over $1.5 billion. Second of all, it's going to have to generate $700 million more than Black Panther, which is still in the top 10 in the U.S. marketplace as far as generating income on a weekly basis. So you see right now 10 weeks down the line, it's still in the top 10, and it's only made a billion three, only made a billion three, but it's still, it's made a billion three. So to even generate $700 million more than that, that's going to be saying something. I mean, it has to be a worldwide craze. It has to go global as far as the hype is concerned. And China really needs to support this film if it's going to go over $2 billion in this case. I know Star Wars A Force Awakens didn't get a whole lot of help from, from the Chinese market, but still managed to garner over $2 billion. That's because it garnered almost a billion here in the United States alone. I think... In this case, I don't think it's going to generate a billion dollars here in the United States, but I, I really think if it's going to go over $2 billion, it has to get that worldwide, and I'm not sure it's going to be able to do it. I think it's going to come up just short, maybe about a billion seven, billion eight, but I don't think it'll do any higher than that. So that leads me into now questions about in regards to the movie itself. Obviously, the question that everybody's throwing out there, I actually got asked on the Voice from the Underground podcast when I was on it earlier this weekend, who will be the most likely to perish among the Avengers as far as in this movie? I'm not talking about the one in next year. I'm talking about Avengers movie now with Infinity War. Uh, I have a strong suspicion that Loki's going to die. He's you not know, an I, Avenger. That's an out, man. But he might as well be. I mean, he's been in pretty much all of them except Age of Ultron. And he even got name dropped more times than I can count in that movie. So 
I know, I know we, we talked about as well on that show that Heimdall is a, is also someone who is uh, highly speculated to bite the dust as well. But, and, and, and they, any other big name actor that has uh, basically not a main role in the Avengers is also heavily rumored. And that includes Tom Hiddleston as Loki, like I said, Heimdall with Idris Elba playing that role. And then there's, there's a few others that are, could be involved as well. I Glenn Close, John C. Riley, you know, a lot of other names like that as well has been thrown out. I want to ask of the Avengers, Avengers that we know, who might be the biggest option or the the one that you would say, come here to Vegas, man. Who are you going to lay the money on as far as biting the dust first in Infinity War? I want to say. Oh, dude, I hate this question so much. <laughs> but that's why I asked. Um, I don't know. Like, I I look at the the press and I see who's been getting talked about in and who's been spotted on the set of what movie. Captain America was originally, you know, he said he wasn't going to come back for the fourth film, but it just made sense. But there's been no mention of Iron Man being in the fourth film, so I know it's got to be one of them two. I don't think that I. Captain America, I'm sorry, man. This is so tough, man. Captain America, if he, you know, it, I guess in a way it would make sense for him to go out because he's kind of, they have this big moment where he's coming back because the death of Captain America could definitely unite the team, be that factor that pushes the team. I think that it's possible both of them could die. You know, and that's 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 a big call for me. So, you know, if I had to pick one, I, I'd probably say Captain America is going to die. I'm going to disagree with you on that because he has said in an interview that he's already filmed his final scenes for Avengers 4. Do you, but so, do you think they're going to do the time thing, though? Because, I mean, it's possible that nobody's going to stay dead. They're going to have do the travel back in time thing and, you know, do whatever the time stone. Well, that leads me to the question because he said he didn't he was going he wants to get out while he's still relatively a young individual. He's in his mid 30s. You know, he could realistically play the role for another 15 years or even more if you want to have him as an as an older patriarch figure, as an older Steve Rogers type character. I think it's just the fact that he doesn't want the superhero films to wear on him. Maybe he's tired of it already. Maybe he doesn't want the workout regimen because it obviously requires a lot right now. So he could be somebody that could be, like you said, knocked off already, and you could do a time trip scenario in the next movie after that. Now, if it does include time trip whatnot, that could be an issue because the Chinese marketplace doesn't allow for that. They'll have to edit it out or do something to it as far as, or not even show it at all, which would be... believe in time? I believe it is ghosts and time travel, I believe, are t- two things that are a no-no in, in the Chinese film culture. So, no, they obviously didn't get Back to the Future over there then. No. I wonder why. Is that like a slide against communism or something? Oh, know. they say it disrespects history. Oh, well, I mean, I, I guess. So, it is, like I said, it is something that if they did a time jump type deal then it would be something that could not be played or have to be edited out in some form or fashion for the Chinese marketplace. Because as the number two marketplace in the world, and number one, depending on the movie, you would have to look at it in that fashion. And are you do you really want to just sign off on something like that where 
it won't be allowed in a certain marketplace or you have to really just change things around. So that's something to think about right there. I think Captain America is going to live through this one, but I think, unfortunately, he will not live through Avengers 4, and I will be devastated when that happens. I think a tear will will come to my eye because Cap is my favorite in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now. I just think he's Chris Evans has just done a wonderful job with that character, the confliction, the, the pain, the the anguish that you see continuously that he emotes time in and time again as far as the new situations that brought up being in a different time than what he's used to being, then obviously dealing with Bucky and that whole things, and then obviously what what happened now is uh, the issues with Civil War, what happened there and all that. So yeah, I, I think he meets an end in Avengers 4, but not in this one. I do think it's Iron Man. I think if I had to put money on it, I think Iron Man would be the number one choice. I also thought the Vision could be number two because it's shown the the Infinity Stone almost being sucked out of his head already at the, some point. And uh, you know, or you, I have a strong feeling Thanos is going to have an opportunity to have all those stones on his gauntlet. But I would make Iron Man a strong number one as far as money odds because he costs a lot anyways. And obviously his price per, per movie is, is very high. Number two, I think would be vision. And number three, I think, you know what? I, I don't think they would do it to war machine because I think they got to give Don Cheadle a break because they already made him what paralyzed and having to use uh, some type of prosthetic. So that, that wouldn't be very cool at all. See, after that, you get into semantics or whatnot. Maybe someone from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I don't know. Maybe one of them. Uh, probably as a stretch, but I know there's a Guardians of the Galaxy three coming out. But maybe one of the members could die and 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 go from there. But I, I think Iron Man would be my number one choice. So I can see that happening. Iron Man would be another person that could probably rally the, the team together. You know, in that old uh, that old third act uh, push there, but. You know, it's weird because to think that either of those people could die when they could just like find a way to retire them and then bring them back if Marvel ticket sales ever get too low. I don't know. It's just uh, to to me like, um, you know, you look at the, the comic books, Captain America has died, I think, twice. And like his mantle just keeps getting passed on to different people. Iron Man, like this is the first time in co- comic books was, I think, last year when he finally he passed the mantle on. but. It would make sense too because they they're that kid from uh, Iron Man three is coming back for this movie, so it may maybe he's passing the mantle on to him. Who knows? Like that would be cool. I mean, if they're, I mean, yeah, it's one thing to take out the person playing the hero, but leave the possibility for the hero's name to stay. That's a very good summation, and I think I agree with you on that. That could be a possibility, a strong one at that as well. So I guess uh, the final question I have for you as far as what we're speculating on, and again, we're speculating on Avengers Infinity War. It hits theaters this weekend. Cannot wait to see it. I know Josh and I have our tickets already. By the end of the film, does Thanos have all the stones, including the Mind Stone, which we have not seen as of yet, does he have all the stones on his gauntlet at the end of the film. I think so, because I think something detrimental happens at the end of the film. The Russo brothers have said that each, or Infinity War is a complete experience. 
but um you know you look at the two movies coming out uh, after infinity war ant-man and wasp um and uh what's her name captain marvel and both of those movies are i'm assuming that they're gonna we we know captain marvel takes place in the 90s ant-man and wasp i'm assuming takes place after the events of civil war because paul rudd's character is you know he's under house arrest or whatever so i think that something detrimental happens at the end of infinity war and we're not going to see what happens next on the the right timeline until avengers part two so i think he does and they're going to end with him like having all the things on his hand or something bad's going to happen the movie's just he you know there's gonna be some ominous laughing or whatever and the movie's just gonna go cut and then we're gonna see captain marvel the next one's gonna open up with captain marvel doing something or, like you said, when Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out, that's going to actually be detailing what happened because it will take place right after Captain America Civil War, in your estimation, correct? Yeah, I think that that's both of these movies are backwards. They're set in the past, so yeah. to speak. Well, that's uh, definitely some great thoughts as well. I think I agree with you on that because if you put ant-man and the wasp in the real time frame that it is right now that could be detrimental for people wanting to see avengers part four so i agree with you on that and making those two a kind of separate entities in the marvel cinematic universe taking place way back or in the case of ant-man in case of ant-man not too far back but back far enough that it won't adversely affect what's coming up in avengers part four i think that's definitely uh think that could be a possibility as well so we'll have to wait and see my friend but it comes out oh i can't wait to say this it comes out this week avengers infinity war we are definitely excited for it and i cannot wait to hear your reactions and also read your reactions as well on online social media and whatever you sent in to us right here at the pop culture cosmos because you can share your thoughts with us at Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitter, also as well, Humanity Media, Game Source on Facebook as well. Plus, you can email us, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Coming up next, Josh and I are going to close out the show with some more Marvel because we're going to be talking Black Panther, not only the success and how we see the success of Black Panther, but also as well, the future that holds for the Black Panther character himself in the marvel cinematic universe we'll talk about that when we come back this is the pop culture cosmos if you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games we can help retro city games in henderson nevada only five minutes from the las vegas strip has all your favorite gaming staples classics and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back once again to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly thank you for sticking around and enjoying the program. Want to thank Rob McCallum from Rob McCallum Films for hanging out with us one more time in the Cosmic Crossfire. You got to check out his Kickstarter project, which starts up on the 24th of April. When you get a chance, check it out. We're also going to be doing a live feed on the 24th 
we'll let you know the parameters of it on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. So stay tuned for that. And also as well, you got the great shows that Josh is putting out there with Humanica Media. So check that out on the various formats that he's on. Josh, we are closing out our look ahead at Marvel's Avengers Infinity War and breaking down the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're finally here, my friend. The latest and last one in the line until later this week, of course, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that is Black Panther. And I tell you what, this was a hit that exceeded everyone's expectations. I know we had talked about previously what we thought it was going to do, what we what we think it could do. I know the, the numbers were thrown about 600, 700. I even threw out $800 million as a, as a ceiling, so to speak. And not only did it go beyond that, but it went uh, actually above $1 billion, $300 million at this point, above that mark worldwide. It has been a tremendous smash success. It has changed the face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the way people view and understand not only major motion pictures, but also superhero films as well. I'm so happy that it has. I'm so happy it changed a lot of minds. And I'm so so happy that it's actually entertained so many people out there on such a worldwide basis. What are your final thoughts on Black Panther now that you can reflect back on the success of the movie that just came out just a couple short months ago? It was good. I mean... You know, I, I don't, we've, I feel like I've like beaten this topic to death. Not, not, you know, just in general talking with people, but yeah, it was, it was good. It, it wasn't like, you know, I, I didn't go into it for the social theme. So that, that wasn't important to me. I just wanted to make sure that it was a well-told story and it, the character was well-rounded and he got the justice he deserved. I mean, not, you know, for his dad, but like just the, the attention to detail that he deserved. And they they did. It was a successful movie in all those aspects. So I was I was I was happy about it. And it did a good job of kind of standing on its own. Didn't need uh, everyone was hoping to tie it into Infinity War. And obviously they had the uh, Winter Soldier scene. But other than that, like it, it did a good job of existing on its own. And, it, you know, showing us that side of the Marvel Universe that we'd yet to see. You know, we're, we're not seeing New York. We're not seeing Malibu or whatever. We're seeing a whole new country and we're seeing things that, that go on there. We're seeing a, a world that we, you know, read about in the comic books or saw in the cartoons and we were seeing it brought to life. And it was actually very, it was, it was cool. It was very well done. And we got our, our tragic villain and, you know, we, we got, it's building up towards something better. And that's, you know, it didn't, it was a good movie. It's just, it kept, it kept going up. We didn't, it was confined and it still kept your attention all the way through. It did a tremendous job of telling its own self-contained narrative, but still obviously leads questions into infinity war, whether or not the mind stone is there. Also the status of, Winter Soldier and where he is at as far as in his readiness for Infinity War. Obviously, that's been let out of the bag already with the trailers that we've seen so far for Infinity War. But it just was a a great experience. It's one of the best Marvel movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you want to read my thoughts on it as a whole, you can actually check it out as far as where it places on my list at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. 
And when you do so, you'll actually see where it falls, but, and it falls pretty high up on the list as being one of the best in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think that's a testament to Ryan Coogler on such an outstanding narrative that he did create. I like the, the scenes in near the beginning where it created almost like a Bond-like scenario. Uh, I know some people were kind of turned off by that, but I think as a whole, not only the inner scenes at, in Wakanda itself and the political struggle that was there, Obviously, uh, Black Panther has done a great job of of doing so well in the Marvel Cinematic Universe of trying to lay the foundation for the well, actually this Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. It's done such a great job of setting Wakanda up as a major piece and foundation of that. So I ask you, Josh, when you think of Black Panther setting up that Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward, because I know both you and I do not see Black Panther getting killed in either of the next two Avengers films because we think a Black Panther 2 is on the way. But also, do you think he becomes a larger part of the universe himself? He obviously kind of hinted to that at one of the closing scenes as well, the after credit scenes about his place in the Avengers becoming a leader and also becoming someone that the, well, it could take the place of Iron Man and Captain America going forward. To me, that could easily happen. It's kind of a bag of cats right there, because if you put him into the Avengers and kind of make him like a world police, I guess that kind of goes against everything that he stood up for in Black Panther as far as like Wakanda's concerned. Obviously, they're finally getting involved with foreign affairs and whatnot, but like I think it's going to be a while before we see him like actually on an Avengers team. Will he like do like a call up or something? Yeah, I'm sure, you know, if they, they need him or like if he happens to be in the same area as one of the other heroes, I'm sure we'll see something like that. But it's weird. They'd have to do some good script writing for it to make sense for him to actually be an Avenger in, uh, you know, in one of the upcoming films. But I would like to see it. You know, that that would be cool. Or maybe like see more of the uh, Wakandan culture integrating into kind of the regular dealings of the non-Wakandan heroes. Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is still going strong and a lot of it is due to Black Panther and its great success. What are your thoughts on Black Panther? Did you enjoy it? How many times have you gone to see it? Do you think it's something that was a little bit overhyped or do you think it's something that is going to be remaining special for some time to come and that Black Panther will be a mainstay and a foundation of the Avengers going forward? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. So Josh, any last thoughts on the way out? Uh, I'm about to go finish some God of War. So, uh, I will get back to you with my thoughts on the rest of the game uh, at a later date. Okay. Even more impressions from God of War. That's awesome indeed. And then also check out later this week on the PCC Multiverse. We'll be going more in detail on that little indie film that's coming out this week. Yes, it is Avengers Infinity War. We're going to go deep into detail on that and and a whole lot more, but it is going to be a focus on that. We're going to be going to be breaking down as only the pop culture cosmos can so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself 
a great day. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Okay, let's talk about the Flopcast. Where every week we drink a lot of coffee and we talk about comic books, movies, conventions, music, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, don't forget the coffee. Lots of weird, obscure pop culture stuff from the 70s and 80s. And chickens. Yeah, chickens. This will be the stupidest half hour of your week. We guarantee it. You can find us on the ESO Network. And... Flopcast.net Welcome everyone to a Topic Ocalypse pod special about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Special. 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 Big dog comment. Special. Oh, special. <laughs> True. The special uh-huh. series before the big unveiling of Marvel Avengers Infinity War Part 5. Is that right? So uh, that sounds good. I mean, it comes we'll, out in a few weeks, right? We'll dies. watch the, the first four soon. Where but, everybody uh, dies. Yeah. yeah. So Marvel Infinity War is coming out eventually. Um, this is part two of a three-part special where we break down the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've already broken down part one, phase phase one, one, um, and the consensus was uh, Captain America was the best. Is that right? No, no. I wasn't here for that, but I'm going to say Iron Man won the original. Actually, yeah. That was pretty high. It's got Jeff Bridges in it, goddammit. Jeff. Tony. (laughs) Tony. (laughs) doesn't have Jeff Goldblum in it. I don't want to watch it. Just, Ragnarok. just like we go down the rabbit hole in the first one, we're going down the rabbit hole in the second one. Going down the number two hole. All right. Number two hole. It's Who's easy. Rabbit? It's easy. It's easy. It's much easier. Some people say you can Wait. only go out the exit hole, but, you well, know. Do that. For funsies, you go in. For, for funsies. <laughs> All right. So as you guys know, you guys probably don't know. Sometimes. Phase two of the MCU is made up of. I don't know. Uh, Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Ooh. Captain America, Winter Soldier. Good. The best one. Age of Ultron? Am I missing? No, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age Good. of Ultron, and then it ends okay. with uh, Ant-Man. Great. 
Great. Yeah, Ant-Man was great. Yeah. Okay, so I don't I've know. seen one of those. Gonna, Which I'm, one have you seen, Denial? Iron Man 3. So, Den- <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so so okay, no, bad. No, no, I want to hear what your thoughts are as someone who's That's not that deep up, right? into So, Big Dog, yeah. since you didn't know, in Phase 1, Denial has seen none of the movies. None of the, oh, I know. I already know. Oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. he's, he's, fully, so he's very vocal about it. I don't watch movies that much. But thanks to my friend, I've been going to movies a lot lately and... Well, I'll make it easy for you for phase two. The best one, the only one you really need to see is Captain America Winter Soldier. So good. It is good. But you saw in, in, in my opinion, it's the best Marvel movie that they've made so far. In my opinion. It, it, it is. Like, it's probably one of my top. It probably is my top pick. But, I mean, at Iron Man 3, I want to hear what you thought of it. I can't really remember that much of it. but So is that good? Yeah. Well, I went with my little brother-in-law, and he wanted to go see it. And there was like, oh, I don't want to go see it. I'm like, fine, I'll take him to go see it. I don't remember the movie because I was trying not to fall asleep because I was tired as it was. And it's just... So it was riveting stuff. Riveting, yeah. It kept me glued to the edge of my seat. All I remember is his house getting blown up and that's about it. And what? who was in it? It did take like what, 20 minutes. Robert Downey ben Jr. King. Who was the chick? Gwyneth Paltrow? That's who it was. That's why I didn't like it. Really? I don't like Gwyneth I'm not Paltrow. a big fan of her either. What's in the box? Her What's head. in the box? Never seen that movie either. Wait, was that what? a soundbite or was that a, someone just said? That was Brian Kane. That was Brian Kane. Was it? What's in the fucking box? What's in the box? No comment. What movie is that from? Brian, seven. I'm just Brian kidding. Kane's I know. in the box. Brad Pitt, seven, nothing. No, I know. Okay. Anyone? Anyone? Seven Deadly Sins. Never seen it. was eight. That was eight what? monkeys. Hateful eight. That was 12 no, monkeys. No, I know it's from seven. Uh, no, Come 12 on. monkeys. I think we're all seven, eight, nine. Oh. That's why, why is 10 scared of seven? Six eight. or seven. All right, so oh god, out. I forgot they're making that. God, I'm not. I'm all. not excited about it. It's not Who because won't? it's an all female cast. It's just because uh, I, I it was coming. Out. I'm burnt out on the ocean. Series. No one wants like, to see eight cunts in a heist movie. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> directly from the mouths of babes, Chet. Oh, you find any friends? Bring them back. We have my right on. Suck my wig. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 six hot dogs. You got it. You got it. Neutral. <laughs> you got her neutral. <laughs> Something left on that plate, but gristle and fat. Oh, I got some old-fashioned, like assholes. Mm. All right, Iron Man three. What do you guys think? I thought that it Terrible. was, it, you know, it was Shane Black. Shane Black wrote and directed the movie, and I see, like, he did. You guys see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yeah. That was the movie that yeah. kind of brought Robert Downey Jr. back into the spotlight. Again, I'm gonna go ahead and just preempt you here and say, if you ask about a movie that's pre, I'm just gonna assume that's 2016. Haven't seen it. <laughs> It's 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 pretty good. It's Val Kilmer. Yeah, it's fat. it's funny. So when I heard that Shane Black was directing the movie, I had a feeling that we weren't gonna get we were gonna get more of like a buddy cop movie than uh, try to be clever than a superhero movie. And but I look back at the script and I think about like with that story, how would I have incorporated more superhero stuff? I there, I don't think there's a way to do it. I didn't like that the Mandarin was an Asian. It was Ben Kingsley, a British person who didn't turn out to be the Mandarin. And it's funny because that's like the lowest level of complaint for most people when it comes to the Mandarin. A lot of people were mad that just because it wasn't the actual Mandarin. Yeah. What Was this movie based on a comic yeah. at all or was it sort of they ran with their story? It was based on the extremis uh, comic arc of Iron Man where, uh, you know, the people exploded, but... Extremis was a technology being used by uh, by AIM, and they're using it, basically making people into... Trying to create superheroes. Yeah, they're trying to create superheroes, oh. but there's also, like, backdoor deals where they're trying to make people uh-huh. into... Um, eh, uh, people into living bombs, like, for... And they're selling, um, selling these, I guess, people, I guess, human trafficking, whatever. And they're trying to sell them yeah, to... Yeah, whatever. It's not a whatever. big deal. Uh, terrorists. And off, terrorists right. were using this, this thing, instead of, like, strapping bombs, they're injecting themselves with extremists. 
and then just going in and blowing up. And so Iron Man, that's when Tony Stark develops the the tech where the the suit comes out of his skin and the nanobots and stuff. Does it come out of his skin? I thought it just flies to him. No, it comes in the comic book. It came out of his skin. It's oh, like okay. a second skin that gotcha. the nano nanites, kind of like Black Panther okay. has. Oh, mm, that is a cool necklace. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. Iron Man three, I put in probably my bottom five of all the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, and it was not. It my did favorite. not. I feel like it didn't move the story along for the whole universe, which is this giant story and all the stuff going on. I feel like it did nothing. Just it, like Thor: The Dark it, World. It, it, it was Tony. Tony getting rid of the thing in his chest. Well, a lot of yeah. people were upset because they, after Avengers, you know, the big thing happened in Avengers where he went through the, the black hole and people were upset that they didn't like follow that up with something big, you know, it, they, it was mostly just him having like flashbacks of what happened or PTSD, what, what will you? Well, if you look at it, they kind of were building into his, uh, his role in Civil War. Right. How he totally flipped his, his view on everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think the movies, I don't even know how far apart they took place, but I think they didn't do a good enough job connecting that bridge. That was like well, their one time they didn't really do a good job of. Like, you literally could just cut that movie out and everybody would be cool with it. Yeah. I did like the kid, though. The kid was funny. I forget what his okay, name Okay, yeah, was. The, ki- the kid was funny. That was, that was like the one bright spot in the movie. They're bringing him back for... Uh, it just sucked because John Favreau didn't, didn't direct that Abe, that the uh, forehead of security line, that was pretty funny. But they're bringing the kid back for Avengers uh, Part 4. Okay. So it's leading to a lot of speculation. Is that the one that's coming out soon? The one that's coming out next year. Was he going to take his place? That the kid is going to become the new Iron Man. That's what the speculation is. I would have thought it would have been naturally for the, what's his name? Uh, Josh Holland. Spider-Man, I guess. Oh, well, he's the Iron Spider. He's got the Iron Spider suit. In the no, I know, but they built such a rapport between him and Tony Stark. Yeah. Well, he's Spider-Man, though. He can't Denial, play. what do you think about the Iron Spider? <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's from phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm just kidding. It's not. Uh, I just thought I'd catch up. But I don't know. Dude, see, the most underrated <laughs> sure. of the phase two movies is Ant-Man. I like Ant-Man was, a lot. It was really entertaining. See, who was, was it? Were you asking me that you're surprised that Ant-Man was uh, the last movie in phase two? I was very surprised. That was because that's a it was a risky movie because Edgar Wright was originally attached to write and direct the movie and you know he did uh, his credits would be like Shaun of the Dead uh, at World's End. Um, what was the other one in the Shaun of the Dead trilogy? Was uh, Hot Fuzz? Hot Fuzz, yeah. Those are his writing and directing credits, and everyone's like, "This is going to be a risky movie because kind of he said it want it was going to be a heist movie, and then uh, it didn't line up with like Marvel's campy." Uh, sure. campy comic stuff so like they kicked him out out when it was like 80 percent, or he stepped stepped away when it was like 80 percent done and then someone else came and took over and paul rudd helped clean that I, up i, I, I like yeah. i love I, I thought I, it was great i, I like her oh Evangeline the plays the wasp yeah i'm not looking forward to the ant-man and the wasp as much as i, I was i don't know i is the wasp playing a part in this infinity war i no. this is that's after infinity it war. was yeah, so this is going to be in between in, uh, Infinity War and Avengers 4. So there's two movies. Wait, I thought Infinity War was split into two parts. No, well, yes and no. They said that uh, Avengers 4 is no longer going to be Infinity War Part 2, but it's still going to be like the aftermath of Infinity War, okay. wrapping up that. So in between these two movies, we're going to have... I'm also, sorry, I'm also excited for uh, Captain Marvel, because I love Allison Brie. Yeah, so in between uh, these Larson, two movies, Larson, yeah, we're going to have Ant-Man and Wasp and like Captain Marvel. I've had four beers. 
four beers. Not really. Thanks, okay. Shock Top. I'm okay. Uh, no, Ant-Man was a good movie. It was, it was a risky thing, and it's kind of like a nice little vacation from all the seriousness of the Literally like where the, they were like going. The, like yep. the better than most of the other Phase three crap or Phase 2 crap. So, well, Marvel had... So I think, if I remember correctly, it went Iron Man 3, which did fine in the box office, but I think amongst fans was not favorably... Wasn't yeah. very well received. Thor: The Dark World, another one that ha- was not that favorably I, I received. I liked that one. You it was what, better you know, than the first Thor. Do you know which one I didn't like that much after I saw it a couple times? Ragnarok. No, I love Ragnarok. I have a stolen scene. No, uh, Ragnarok. Age of Ultron. I didn't like it. I didn't. I mean, I loved uh, James Spader as that character. He was. He's got perfect. a great voice. He's a great perfect voice for actor. that character. But yeah. just the way that the story panned out, I didn't like. It was very clunky. Yeah, you. Yeah, it, he, it's like his motivations weren't. I get that he was a tragic character, like he felt alone, and that's why he was trying to repurpose yeah. the Earth into a robot salvation or whatever. But it didn't make sense. Like what, his motivations didn't one hundred percent make. I sense. I felt like it wasn't communicated clearly. That's what was going on, right? But I think so. Marvel had like you imagine Thor: The Dark World wasn't that great, and then after that, it was the Civil, not Civil War, the first, Winter, Soldier. Winter, Soldier, Winter Soldier, which was great. Everybody loved it. Then you had Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a surprise hit. Everybody loved it. Then Age of Ultron. Then Ant-Man. Dude, Marvel was flying high on top of the world at the end of this phase. Oh, yeah. Could yeah. not take a wrong step. That's probably why they put Ant-Man at the end of it, just because they were on that high and there wasn't you, much to did, lose. Did, where do you guys stand on? Did you like Dark World more than you liked the original? Or I did see in the, for me the in the comic books, Thor is like he's a super dark character, like just that mythology. And I don't think that they were given enough opportunity or the green light from marvel I liked how to, dark it was no i i did too i didn't like you know it the story like kind of built to a point and then it seemed to go backwards as far as like build-up goes but you know in the, the comic books are dark like thor ragnarok i i didn't i wish they would have actually done the arc from the comic books where uh, he's trying to save because well, they people. tried to they try to smash together uh ragnarok and uh planet hulk and planet hulk together yeah it's it just they're Thor is a character that needs a that he's his his stories are very dark and he needs somebody that is not afraid to explore that like I I'm, I'm I'm fine to have Christopher one. Nolan Chris yeah he, yeah you know, he could do it he could and I'm I'm okay having like one dark yeah ser- I, before Chris Hemsworth leaves I would like to see Thor have you know have his due I feel like Thor has been the least although he's been kind of one of the mainstays of like the core part of the Avengers since the beginning I feel like he's been the least fleshed out. And the least true to character, and he's I think the least probably well received amongst all of those main superheroes. I think Iron Man is very well received. The Hulk is the Hulk. Everybody knows well, the Hulk. But see, the thing yeah. is that the Hulk has had three different actors in movies that weren't quite so great. But I think is Ragnarok I, I, the first movie he's had probably the most prominent role as far Mark as Mark Ruffalo. But yeah, even Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Yeah, I'm curious because everybody's talking about you know getting you know Black Widow getting her own movie. Uh, she is. Uh, I know Black Panther had his own movie. Like, yep. do you think that they're going to make an actual Hulk movie with Mark Ruffalo as Here's, the main character, or is with, it just going to continue to be a second fiddle in all these other movies? With that, you so when they were starting out, this was before Disney bought them. She Hulk would be cool. Before Disney bought them, they had uh, they they were looking for funding, so they turned to Universal to make the Incredible Hulk. But here's the thing, Universal. The deal, part of the deal was that Universal could own the rights to Hulk for, yeah, would. Five, uh, it was, I think it's like a, a certain amount of years. But yeah, yeah. Um, so now they can't, it's still owned by Universal, so they can't make him actually, any solo films. I actually enjoyed the Edward Norton Hulk. 
I love Edward Norton as a actor. I feel like the Hulk movies have been so... I think when you said now there's three actors who have played Eric Bana, Edward Norton, and now Mark Ruffalo, it's so disjointed. And I don't think the Hulk is interesting enough to drive a story. Yeah. No. And be the sole focus of it, which is why I think which, as a secondary is, role in like he was in Ragnarok was probably perfect for it. Yeah. And that's all people need. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't think Black Widow and Hawkeye need their own movies too. No, I think no. that's un, a little unnecessary. And I think that's where I Marvel's he, gonna get into trouble yeah. in this next phase post Infinity well, War. Because they're is trying to appeal to, you know, um, a female Marvel's superhero and, hasn't had it and so, movie, until until Captain Marvel comes out. Captain Marvel's coming out the Wasp. And now Black Widow. But that's not. But that's just, she's not her own movie. Well, that, and no, but still being yeah featured a bit more. It, too, yeah. yeah, that's like Kevin Feige saying that they want to do more. Uh, they want to do Black Panther mythology films, and I just I have no interest. It's just it's a social it's a social like bandwagon they're jumping well, on. There. I I mean I think that's where Marvel's the cinematic universe is going to get into trouble. Is that oh Black Panther came out and was successful and I think it deserved some of its success that it's got Josh may disagree because he's racist <laughs> and, and he's, also, he's also sexist he hated Wonder Woman what? how Wonder could Woman. you hate Wonder Woman? because there was, was a great. woman in it I didn't hate sexist. Jeez. Yep, this is what got me attacked on Facebook no I, I think Marvel's going to get in trouble because it's going to be appealing so hard to the social justice warrior side and it's going to be appealing so hard to have, oh, we're going to have, you know, a black Spider-Man. We're going to have a, you oh, know, an Asian Iron Man or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, or whoever. so I feel like while there's nothing wrong with that, I feel like people, for whatever reason, are going to harp on that. And maybe it's racist for them to harp on that. Fine. But at the end of the day, I think Marvel's going to get in its own way of trying to be so inclusive that they start pushing people away. And also it's going to be at the point where it's going to be like 25 plus movies, 30 plus movies. People are sick of it. I'm already sick of all these fucking what superhero movies. What do you think of movies. all the speculation that uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is going to be in it? I don't think if, so. If they were smart. Or it's a cameo. Yeah, yeah if they but, were but, smart, like, they would give him way. like at least five minutes in the fourth Avengers film. If they were smart. He yeah. gets like a Stan Lee appearance, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Like he did in, uh, what was it, X-Men First Class? Yep. Where they walked into him on the bar and he said, "Yeah, you know, was, you know, the whole scene was improvised." Yeah, that that was cool. All right, before we close things out here, it, uh, Did we what, miss we missed Guardians of the Galaxy, which oh, was probably yeah. the biggest hit. <laughs> Star Lord, boom, boom Star Lord on the T-shirt. All right, Guardians of the Galaxy. This was a kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but at the same time, you know, they didn't own Marvel. Does uh, Fox still own the rights to Silver Surfer, Fantastic Four? So there wasn't a lot of like well-known galactic characters that they could have used to open up that side. And going with Guardians of the Galaxy, I feel, was a big choice, despite people not really knowing who they were. Because, it's another risk just like Ant-Man. Yeah. And it, it seemingly paid off because they were smart by getting a bunch of big-name actors to play these parts. Zoe Zaldana. Well, well it, it was also the film that broadened the entire scope of the Marvel Universe. Because yep. before it was, you know... The only other uh, other like you know was was Thor. was Thor, but now you have like all yep. these different characters. You're not just on Earth anymore. You're, You're now the starting whole thing because yeah. Thanos was the ultimate bad guy, and they needed to show that Th- uh, he wasn't just threatening Earth, but he was threatening the entire galaxy, right? And that was a good, perfect, perfect property to to do something like that with. Yeah, yeah. I think Guardians of the Galaxy did a great job. It was probably the first Marvel movie to get non superhero non-comic book people into the series into the whole cinematic universe right no i agree and that's huge for marvel 
That's the they're probably they would look at that as their biggest win of this whole thing. Well, they even have a it's, ride themed after that. It's a great ride. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah, it's way better than Tower Terror. We, let's talk about Winter Soldier for a second, though. Oh, we, we haven't talked about that we either. Shut this down. That was a good um, one. My favorite. And it was a game changer. Like that's that's the top tier. That's like a top. Like you want to talk about like the dark movie that was pretty realistic? That was pretty good. Yes, it was. It was like I. It was. It did a good job of blending like the unrealistic with the realistic. Yeah. What was the unrealistic part? I, I mean, well, just like superhero, the, super superhero, superhero. Yeah, no, no, super like, yeah, that or like you know, flying battleships. Yep. No, but didn't they, it have? Wasn't that the God's Eye? No, that was in the third one, right? The third one where they had the ship that was going around and finding targets. Was no, that, that was Winter Soldier. It was Winter Soldier. Yeah, the, yeah. the God's it was, it was, it was, it was flying ship. Well, yeah, right? yeah, it was, it was the algorithm that Zola created to where it could it yep. could predict you know important people. Mm-hmm. It it was weird because that did a good job of really just closing out Captain America's story, like yeah. in two films. But it, there's enough mythology packed into it to feel like you were you've been in his life for a long time. Yeah, I I thought I thought it was great. Well, that was because it was the most flayed out that Captain America has been. I mean, because you know the first Captain America was kind of really kind of like comic book cartoony, right? But this one was like was like really serious and dark. Like, yeah, there are the, consequences. Yeah. yeah, the Captain America movies I think have served as the ones that push the narrative forward the most in the yes. cinematic universe. Yes. Yeah, because then well, there's the Infinity War did the same thing that pushed it right yep. forward. Yeah, no, Civil War. Civil War. Yeah, no, but that was oh yeah, um, whatever. Let me ask you guys this: Do you think so? Denial the questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> did you see? <laughs> well, okay, wait. Tell me what Marvel films have you seen? Iron, Iron Man, Man three. Iron Man three. <laughs> That's it. And um, Red Sparrow. No. <laughs> did, did you have to give him the Winter Soldier? Um, he has to see that. one. I haven't seen Winter Soldier, but I saw. Um, I saw it with you. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't see it with you. I saw it with Mary. I saw Suicide Squad. Oh, dear God, what? dude. Yeah. Dude, he blew it at my face. He blew what at your face? <laughs> His burp. He oh. just blew inside of my face. Asshole. Um, blew inside your asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Man, a little word mashup here. Um, uh, Black Panther. That's the one. I saw Black Panther. Down. Okay. Oh, let me know if you want to watch them. I got them, but you actually have to watch them. You got to blow his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, okay. Let me ask you guys this: And did you guys stay for the after credit scene of Black Panther? No. Yeah. Okay. So Winter Soldier comes out, and he's the White Bucky Wolf. Bar. The White Wolf. So in the comic books, the White Wolf is a he's a character who he his it's kind of like the Iron Fist, like his parents' plane crash and this unknown land wakanda and they uh the king adopts him as like t'challa's half brother Mm -hmm. and he ends up taking over the squad where the bald ladies are all part of i forget what they're called um, yeah i think yeah something like that so do you and but in the comic books winter soldier becomes captain america he becomes the new captain america after steve rogers dies spoiler alert this is in the comic books um so do you think spoiler. that now that they labeled him the white wolf cinematic spoiler cinematic alert. spoiler do you think that now they labeled no. him the white wolf that he's going to become he's going to be the white wolf in the comics or he's going to become captain america because i think they're I, merging I, two I, characters I think it was just a name drop okay because in the comics uh more recently uh the falcon became captain america but that was after bucky Right. So what do you guys... I feel like they're merging characters for simplicity. This universe okay. is complex enough and has so many characters. It's kind of like, not... like how Game of Thrones does where they merge yeah. characters from the book. Yeah. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's harmful to merge people. Okay, I really because don't. Sebastian Stan has, still has, I want to say, seven movies left on his contract. Seven movies? So he signed on originally for ten. 
Sweet yeah. Jesus. Wow. And the, yeah. Chris Evans has what? One left? One two? One left. Uh, he was, uh, Infinity War was supposed to be his last one, but he said he stayed on for uh, number four because it just made sense. So, he, I mean, it could be Continuity Cap here. is on the near death at the end but of the everybody's first spec- Everybody's and, saying that it, Cap and, and Iron Man are going to go down because they've been in the, they're fighting they've been each in other? the Marvel oh. Universe the longest. Since the beginning, yeah. They're going to be hugging, and then they're going to get blown up by... Uh, they're going to make peace, and then yeah. Thanos is going to... What was the first gonna... character to have another film after Iron Man? Was it Captain America? Thor. Was it Thor? Yeah, it was a dark world. No. Yeah. No, I'm talking about like the first introduction of another character. Oh, oh, a new character. Hulk. It was after the Iron Man, Ant Man. Oh, after uh, it was after the first Iron Man. Who was the next? The next movie the character the was Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, with Edward Norton Hulk. Yeah, and then Iron Man two, and then Thor, and then Captain America. Captain America didn't come out until after Thor. I thought Captain America. Captain America Thor. was right before Avengers. I thought that was before Thor. No, because remember in Iron Man two, Coulson goes. We got a situation out in New Mexico, and in the post-credit scene, they show the right, hammer. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is going to be really exciting. Uh, yeah, that breaks down. Do you part think? Two. Do you think it could be kind of like uh, how they did, like the Man of Steel and uh, Batman versus where they're compressing so much into one movie that it's going to kind of suck. I hope not. Like, there's too many characters and too many stuffs going on that it's going to feel like you're overloaded in the movie. Like they, they needed to stretch it out a little bit. I think the, if anything, the Avengers movies have done an exceptional job of giving everybody screen time and moving the narrative forward, especially the first one, I think, did a great job. And that was the big concern with that movie. Too many personalities. Too many personalities. I think they did a great job of managing it. And they're putting... I don't know if you guys saw, you know, the little sneak peek of whatever it was where uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy are flying and Thor's flying or hit. Yeah, where they find Thor. And they find Thor and then he comes in, who the hell are you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to do a great job of putting multiple characters together at the same time to eliminate that. Instead of like, oh, look, here's the Guardians of the Galaxy and they're part of the world. And oh, here's Iron Man and, you know, whatever, and they're part of the world. And here's Black Panther and Wakanda. And it's just, I think it's going to be everyone's kind of together. The movie's almost three hours. And if you guys Ugh. seen the, the Lego commercials, they have, they kind of showed where the arcs are going. So they show Thor's going to get uh, Stormbreaker, which is his axe. And he goes with Rocket and uh, Groot. And that's that arc. And I am Groot? It shows. Oh, um, language. Jeez, yeah. I am Groot. And then Iron Man goes with Star-Lord and uh, Gamora and uh, Drax the Destroyer to off to um, whatever planet they show in the trailer. And then everyone else goes with Cap to Wakanda. So they kind of spoil stuff there. That's the split there. there. Yeah. yeah. But well, no, that's not too surprising because you saw like very early on when they're running from the – was it not the Chitauri? Who are they running from? But that's like Hulk and Cap. And the, yeah, Wakanda like the, the Black and Black Order, Panther, yeah. whatever it is, they're running from them. They showed the preview very early um, of Thor running into all of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So the splits kind of make sense. It's not yeah. too big of a spoiler, but to follow the arc kind of. Have they have they set a date for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3? No, it's going to be post-Avengers uh, post 4. Because uh, okay. from what I understand... Because they at the end of the second one, they, they were introducing the, the Warlock. Adam Warlock, Adam Warlock. Yeah. yeah. From what I understand, um, Spider-Man Homecom- Spider-Man's sequel is going to take place like almost minutes after uh, uh, Infinity, uh, more Avengers than, 4. More than Ant-Man and Wasp? Y- yeah, so uh, uh, Spider-Man's the next film after Avengers 4. And it's going to take place like almost directly in the aftermath of Avengers 4. Okay. Do you, do okay, you th- so Avengers 4 is Infinity War. No. No, Infinity War is 3. 
Oh, Avengers four is supposed to close the arc of Infinity War, so I'm I'm guessing we're going to get some kind of like to be continued moment in Infinity okay. War. Gotcha. Do you think that they're going to like war- like? Do you think Doctor Strange warrants another movie? So no, because I, I know he's in Infinity War and he probably will be in Avengers four. Do you think he's going to get his own sequel? I think the- it depends how big of a role he plays. I'm sure they have it all fleshed yeah, out already, I, obviously. I, but well, in, I, the, in the in the trailers, he looks like he has a pretty prominent role because I think he has a huge amount of control. Because well, he has one of the Infinity Stones, yeah, exactly. So yeah. now that they've gone to like the galactic route of the MCU, there's only two more places they can go. They can go to the quantum realm, which is Ant Man and Wasp, or they can go to the. Uh, I think that's what they were hinting at for the Ant Man and Wasp is they're going to go to quantum the quantum realm, right? Or they can go to the uh, the astral planes, which is like all of our dimensions, which would be Doctor Strange and Fantastic Four would be the two properties I would explore. That denial knows that's, everything about. That's those. also that's also where Captain, I know all the Twitters. It's also all where Captain Twitters. America comes back. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? But um, you know, I think we're kind of dragging on here. All right, guys. Any closing thoughts? Anything? I'm nope. excited to see it. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I can't see it. Part three will be coming out for our Topic Apocalypse special tomorrow. Um, It's not actually tomorrow, but we're going to release it three days before the movie comes out. in a time jump. Doctor Strange is in the office, and he's actually helping us with the eye of Agamotto. Agamotto? 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 Did he say that? Kyoto. Kyoto. There we go. Chiotos. Um, All right. Cool, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You can find this podcast on podcast.com, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple... uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. You can find us on social media at uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also... At Topicocalypse. At Topicocalypse. You can send us an email at Topicocalypse at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts on the MCU you'd like us to talk about on the next episode, please send us an email. And say it's okay for us to use your name. Say it's okay for us to use your name. For now, it's been our pleasure serving you. Bye. Servicing you. Pleasuring you. Hey, Josh Peterson here. This episode of Topic Apocalypse is brought to you by the Pop Culture Cosmos. Do you know what I love discussing more than poop knives? Pop culture. And before the Big Bang Theory planted itself on the butthole of pop culture by filling our subculture with crap, I, would love, I loved going to Comic-Con and talking about movies and video games. And thanks to the Pop Culture Cosmos, my love of all things nerd is rekindled. You can catch the Pop Culture Cosmos podcast on the Podcast Radio Network every Monday night at 10.30 p.m. EST and 7.30 p.m. PST. And the Pop Culture Multiverse show every Friday night at 7 EST and 4 PST.